As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody. For whoever wants to listen, I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined as always by the one and only Splooter Magluder. What's up, dude? Tell you what, sick and tired of daylight savings time. I know, it's been one day. Call out Ben Franklin. I think it was originally his idea. Let's call out the farmers. I'll call out anybody. This sucks. Let, Let me do a little history lesson for everybody here. Just a little current events as well. So... Daylight savings time was originally created, everyone says the same thing, right? Farmers. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody says. It helps the farmers. Nobody actually knows what's going on. Free farmers. There you go. Free plug. And I actually went to see John Oliver live. He did a bit about this that nobody actually knows the reason. Okay. So when it was done, it was done to conserve energy. That was the whole thought process behind it. Give them more daylight, whatever. Today... It is no longer applicable. It doesn't matter. We actually use more energy because of daylight savings time than we do conserving energy. Yeah, because we're only, sad sitting in our houses watching TV. The only reason that we still do it is because we used to. That's it. There's no actual reason that we continue to do daylight savings time other than to make everybody miserable. Yeah. Like there's, let's add a little bit of extra darkness in the worst months of the year. Now, obviously, this is kind of geographical because over here it's cold and dark. It's cold. Let's get sad, dark, and cold all together. Use up a ton of energy. Stupid. It's all dumb. It's so dumb. And like yesterday, I walked outside. It was four forty-five, and it was almost dark outside. Yeah, it's soul crushing. Well, it probably didn't matter to Ben Franklin in his opium dens. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> Different topic for a different People day. People don't want to talk about that either. <laughs> yes, here's your history lesson for the day. Daylight saving sucks and Ben Franklin did opium. Yep. There you go. Welcome. That's what you can rely on the bros for. <laughs> Welcome to the bros. Well, obviously, BravoCon was this past weekend. We did not get to go this year because we're going to our show on the 19th. And because we have actual jobs as well as this, we can't do both. We can't make two West Coast trips in one month. That's just yeah. ridiculous. So next year... I'm confident that we'll be there. I'm not going to guarantee it because I don't want to let people down, but I'm confident that we will be there. I'm sad that we missed it. I liked all of the clips that I saw. I watched most of the two streaming things that you were able to watch. It had like the four hour of like the off stage, not the main stage, but the the stage with the escalators, which was a weird choice. Yeah, I didn't really understand that. And I'm sure Bryn kind of regrets going to that one, but. That whole thing with Bryn losing her shoes, like, yeah, it was an iconic moment. People are going to talk about it for a while. I feel like we glossed over how bad that could have been. It would have been awful. You hear about it all the time, yeah, right? The kid getting a shoe feet. St- Amongst other things. Mm-hmm. Like, you hear about it, but you never actually see someone get sucked up into the escalator. You actually saw it, and she played it off super cool, but that made me nervous. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it does make you nervous, but uh, it's so funny how much access you have to BravoCon if you're not there. Streaming on Peacock, it must have been 24-7. Like, you could just t- tune in watch whatever the hell you wanted. It's not even people on stage. It's just people milling around at some points. There's like a 24-hour access camera to BravoCon. It's crazy. I mean, they've done a great job promoting it. They've done a great job giving the viewers access, pretty much all of the access that we would want. 
I'll tell you what, though. I watched all the clips. I did not tune into the live shit. No. Because, no, I, I need somebody else to do my filtering for me, whether it's you or just Bravo accounts that I trust and follow. So you're lazy. I don't need to watch everything. I got shit to do, bud. Uh, okay. I got shit to do. All right? I got to be sad in my house in the darkness when daylight savings time ends. That's what I have to do. You can't use that excuse when our job literally is Bravo. Our second job. What do you want me to our do during work? job for now. I am actually surprised that I don't get shit for having a Bravo podcast to work because that would probably set me off. I'd be like, I, I don't even want to be here right now. I'd rather be working at home. I don't need to talk to you about my podcast. But imagine if I had like an iPad in there and I'm watching all the live stuff from BravoCon. Obviously, it was over the weekend, but Friday and, you know, clips and whatever on Monday. That would just be a hilarious visual. What are you doing? I'm watching BravoCon. It's for my job, dude. Tuning into BravoCon. Well, what's going on? Well, they're actually just kind of getting up to the stage now. It's probably not going to start for about a half an hour, but I got to see how they look at each other. They're spinning the wheel of BravoCon. I need to see what it lands on. They might take it off. You don't know. (laughs) Who knows? But no, we'll, uh, as Steele said, we'll be out in California on the 19th. November 19th, LA. Bourbon Room. Be there, be square. You can be both. Or either or, you know, it doesn't really matter to me, but I want you there. This is your version of a plug? Yeah, sure. That was fine. Yeah. <laughs> if you are coming out to LA, go to nofilterlive.com, get yourself some tickets, come hang out with us. It's a Friendsgiving. It's going to be a blast. It's getting close. We leave next week. I know. It's pretty crazy. I know. I'm really excited. It's been a while since we had a live show. I've never been to LA. I've never been interested in going to LA. Oh, really? I, I think I've said this before on our program, but... Yeah, never really been interested in going to our program. Yeah, we have a program. This is a program. Oh, I don't like Tune that. into the program. <laughs> that sucks too official. L- you'll like LA. LA's cool. I like going to visit LA. I don't like staying for extended periods of time. I do like visiting, and we're staying with my brother. Shout out to Brooks. He lives in Los Feliz. His spot's awesome. So I'm, I'm really excited to get out there. I'm really excited for the live show. It's been too long. We live off of live shows. We do. We do. We really need to ramp it up. So obviously this week and next week shows might be a little erratic. This is just us shaking off the cobwebs, getting a little excited. This is how we get back into live. If you're watching YouTube, I'm doing a lot of hands today. A lot of hands. A lot of hands. I do a lot of hand gestures anyway. It's how I talk. Yeah. But I'm doing even more. I'm I'm doing fist bumps, Frank Tank. This is the content you can only get by YouTube, you know? Yeah. So if you haven't subscribed to YouTube yet, we're plugging all over the place. (laughs) You better get an extension cord for all these plugs. (laughs) Can we move on? This is what you can expect on uh, a live show. They might not buy Great puns. <laughs> but it is our midweek episode, so we've got one job to do. we got a power rank, baby. And we got a lot of shows out now, a lot of new shows out. So we got to power rank these newbies. Not newbies, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Carry on. Would you like me to start? Yes, please. Okay. All right, I'll do it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and slot. I've still got summer or summer. Oh you know God. what? Let's start summer with. Charm. Hold on. Let's start with the bottom first. And Ooh, go up. Change it up. All right. Um, that's actually a lot tougher. It's fun now because we actually really enjoy all five of these shows. I know. I'm not even gonna throw Winter House in there because it's not even a real show. So who cares? But I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna put Potomac at five for now, just because it's like you know we we got to get back into the new season. Not really sure what to expect. There wasn't a ton of buzz. Obviously, a lot of the the stuff's gonna be about um, Robin and Juan, which you know I feel indifferent about. I, I'm not. See, like, I'm ready. To, I'm excited to get into it because I like the rest of the Potomac audience, like the rest of the cast. Potomac, on Potomac is also like one of your top shows. It is my top show. 
But at the same time, I was also pissed that last year we watched our friend Chris get dragged on TV right. relentlessly. Meanwhile, we had Robin with this in her back pocket, an actual scandal, and she was waiting for Karen to bring it up. Yeah, but it, just the way that it started off already, and obviously we're going to go a little deeper later in the episode. The way it started off, the way that Robin's deflecting, I can already tell I'm going to get kind of annoyed. I know and you're going to get it goes on for too long, I'm going to get pissed off. So that's why I've got it at the bottom. And it's really no knock on Potomac. I really enjoy Potomac. It's just really tough because all five of these shows are really good. Yeah, this is almost like a happy power rankings. Even it it is. Ones. I know. We've gone through a lot of sad ones. Was good. Like the first yeah. episode of Potomac was solid. Yep. Um, so I've got Potomac at five. I'm going to slot in, I guess, I'll slot in Salt Lake at four. Beverly Hills at three. Why do I feel like I'm missing something? Oh, Miami. Yeah, Miami at two. And Southern, uh, yeah, Southern Charm at one. Wow, Miami yeah. two. I like Miami I know, a lot. You're a big Miami guy. As long as Marisol goes the fuck away, I'm fine. Yeah, I know you're a big Miami. I'm going to go, uh, damn, this is hard. I'm going Miami five. And not because I didn't enjoy it. I These power rankings will probably change drastically week yeah. to week. But for now. Potomac will be number one next week. It's just, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Miami's five for me. Four, I'm going to go with Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. Three is Salt Lake. Two is Potomac. One is Southern Charm for me, too. Okay. And I have two with Potomac just because this is a season. Like I look forward to all the seasons coming back just because I'm like, oh, I'm ready to see this again. I'm excited for this season because these are things that I want answers to. I want to know what was going on with Juan. The question Robin. is, do you think we're going to get those answers? Yeah, I do. That's why I have Here's it at five because I don't think we're going to get those I answers. I think we're going to get them, okay. but I think that Robin will still not believe them. Okay. I think it's going to be so blaringly obvious of what happened. I think we're all at home going to be like- It's already pretty obvious. It's, it's like 100% obvious. But I think even more so, we're going to be like banging our head against the wall, like, Robin, how do you not see this? Right. Even more so than now. And that's saying a lot because as of right now, it's already fucking obvious of what's going on. I think what's going on here is you've got, it's like the two teams that played in the Super Bowl the year before started off 1 0, but didn't look that great. They're still going to be number one and number two in the power rankings. Correct. So you're expecting a lot, but you know. The season is the season. We'll see how it goes. We will see how it goes. I will be as unbiased as humanly possible as we strive to continue to do here at the Brav Bros. We studio. do it anyway. Yeah, I know. We it's are. Inherently unbiased. Yeah. <laughs> Just how we're made. But without further ado, let's jump into our number one show right now, which is Southern Charm. And we start out with JT like cleaning up the party from the night before. And this isn't that important of a scene, but I want to start with it because it frames JT and what he's trying to do this season so well, in my opinion. And you get Rob there too, but he talks about like, yeah, Craig was trying to like big dick energy me with his shoes and my pillows and stuff, which they showed the scene. I didn't get that vibe. Well, he did stand on the cushions during the party. They didn't show that part of the scene. They showed the part of the scene aftermath with Craig asking for his shoes back. But he was still sitting like an asshole on those cushions. But I agree, but I don't know. I didn't feel like Craig was trying to flex on JT. No, no, to not me, at that's all. JT trying to be like, I just think he tries to sound tougher because he's got a complex. He does, but I will give JT one thing. Really? He does say things to their faces. He does. He doesn't, like, I would fully expect somebody like JT to talk like this to Rod the day after. 
and not say a word to Craig the night before. But he did say something to Craig and give him a lot of shit for it. Maybe too much shit, but he still gave shit. So it's not like he's talking behind his back and acting tough behind his back. He's doing it to his face, too. And he does it later in the episode, too, kind of annoyingly. But Kind of annoyingly? Yeah, I, I didn't want to. I just don't even want to talk about that right now. Um, <laughs> I'm really. I have I, to I talk about it. later. Well, I just don't I, want to talk about it right yeah, now. I, I don't want to jump the gun on that one. But I kind of expected him to be talking behind somebody's back, and he didn't. And I think that what this scene really is, is showing, I guess, JT and Rod's friendship. And they're trying to kind of men- like show that they're a little closer than the rest of the group, and they can kind of talk shit on things that we've talked about for years, where, you know, Austin doesn't take accountability, and Craig can be kind of a child, and things like that. They're doing this as like an aside, and I think what Bravo is trying to do, and maybe what the producers have tried to do, is showing us, okay, Rod and JT are finding some commonalities in how they think about the group, and maybe they'll be able to bond a little bit more. So that way, later, when that bomb drops, we understand, okay, Rod and JT are friends. It makes sense that they talk about this. Okay. Still have feelings about that later, but that's what I think they were trying to do. That's fair, and I, I see those two, and I don't know if it's a forced relationship because they're the new guys coming into the show, and it's like, hey, we need to lean on somebody. Why don't we just team up? Which I'm thinking that's kind of what it is, Mm-hmm. But look, I'm never against a faction. If people want to faction off against other people sure. and this yeah. comes out later, sure, whatever. But the next scene we get, Austin and Olivia are having lunch or just getting coffee together just to kind of check in. And it's the day after JT's party once again. And Olivia asks a very poignant question that I was curious about as well. Did you get the nude? Or did you get any nudes? And yep. Austin's response, not great. I thought he paused and hesitated like he does in the past and goes, no. Do you think he got that nude? I don't think so. You don't think he I, got I really don't nudes? think so. No. You think she's firing off nudes to Whitney? Yeah. And didn't send one to Austin? Yeah, I do actually think so because I'm going to try to put myself in the mind of Taylor's currently twisted mind in this sense. I think she... Even though, obviously, Austin and her have already talked about being in a relationship, I feel like when she's sending a nude, she still feels like that's too close to Shep, whereas Whitney might be a tenth of a degree separated and could piss Shep off a little bit more. You send it to Austin, then all of a sudden it's a huge fucking thing. Okay. And you put Austin in a really bad position. That's fair. Unless she was just drunk and just sending nudes out, which is also possible. I think Austin's hesitation was... Do I really want to talk about me and Taylor right now? I thought we were sitting here and we were just going to kind of like make sure that you're okay. okay. And then, look, I mean, Olivia has every right to be erratic in whatever the fuck she wants to do because of what she's gone through. So there's no real rhyme or reason to her discourse and how she wants to talk about anything. I think he was surprised that she brought it up. I figured that she would probably want to shelf that and maybe just kind of have a nice conversation so that we can kind of get through this instead of, let's get right back into it. See, I think it actually speaks volumes to how present she is. Like, the fact that she is dealing with all of that and still like, oh, this is still kind of pissing me off, by the way. And like, let me throw a little dagger out there. Could be. Because I think that she's handled herself incredibly well amidst everything that's been going on. It's actually slightly astounding how put together she is. Yeah. But I did not like this scene. I didn't like, I do appreciate that she's able to find some comfort in Austin and that these two share a very unique bond in losing a sibling. He can give her some insight, and we've talked about that on how to move forward, how to process these things. But it's going too far for me, where I feel like now we've reached a level of trauma bonding, where these two are are coming back together 
because of something so tragic, which I'm afraid that emotions are going to get foggy with this. I know that both of them have emotions like through the roof right now. And Austin, because of what he went through with his sister, is also having that flood of emotions. I'm not going to flat out say that he's using this to his advantage because I don't believe that's what he's doing. I think he's trying to be there for her. However, when she's as vulnerable as she is, and then you say something like, I do love you, like to me, that's too much. To me, you're pushing the boundary now of being a helpful and caring friend. And now you're muddying the waters and making her question, like, okay, well, if you love me and you do care about me this much, you need me in your life. The implication there for me when it's coming from somebody like Austin is not I'm here for you as your friend. It's there's still something here and maybe we can see where this goes. And I don't like that when she is so impressionable right now because she's leaning on people and she needs support. She needs comfort. And this guy can give her all of those things and they have already had a relationship Word choice to me in these moments is extremely important. And I think that him saying, I love you in that moment is fucked up. Can be. I'm not even going to fully analyze, like nitpick different words or anything like that, just because I feel like the situation is, like you said, I think it's a dangerous game. Yes. Um, however, he is still being there for her. And I don't think the intention is well, we can grow closer and then maybe there is something down the line. Like, I don't I really don't think, I think it's probably popped into his head, but I think he's trying to actively avoid even thinking like that. And he's still in this situation because he still wants to be there for her. I think he's conflicted, super conflicted. I think she's all over the map. Again, rightfully so. Where, where do you expect to be in that situation? No idea. I just think it's a really dangerous game for both of them to be able to do this because what do you, what do you want Austin to do? If she reaches out to you and says, Hey, do you want to sit down and like have some coffee? If your emotions get the best of you in that situation, because of what she's been going through and how similar it is to what you've gone through, your emotions are going to get the best of you. I'm not even going to fault you for that. That's okay. Like that, that shit happens. I'm not throwing fault at I, that's not so much that. But that's why I feel like I don't want to go into the specifics of what was said and say anybody was wrong or any word choice was wrong because I don't know. Like that's got to be a crazy situation to even I be agree in. With that, so I'm not gonna know. I'm not gonna put any emphasis on the words that were said there. I think we could acknowledge that it was a dangerous game, and then say let's keep an eye out for it. Yeah, I see. I I do see where you're coming from. I still take an issue with some of those things, but I can. Again, I'm not vilifying him for it. I'm not. No. I don't think that. No, you you understand that he's not intentionally trying to correct i think that subconsciously it's just happening you just got to be careful yeah and i don't there he's not a very careful guy that's exactly it you gotta gotta be careful careful, and he's not careful and he's not yep and that's what makes me nervous but moving on from there we get whitney and shep out to lunch together and shep brings up the nude immediately to him and whitney's response sucks he's like well you know it was supposed to be a joke it's like that's not a joke to show someone else's nude i think it's a fucked up situation i posted about it today a little clip of it It's just annoying. And then a lot of people commented about the fact that he's a producer on the show. And I don't think they're going to lean further into this whole thing because if he does have a say in what's being aired, then yeah, they're not going to talk about it. But his defense is, you know, I deleted it and like, I shouldn't have made a joke about it with my mom and Madison. (laughs) When he said that, 
He didn't say anything about showing anybody. That's what I mean. Like, did he show anybody? Yes, he showed Craig. He showed other people too. I That's don't remember Craig I... saying that he explicitly saw it. Did, Madison right? said no she last saw week. It. Last week he's sitting there okay. with Paige and he says, "Yeah, Shep showed me the picture." Shep right. showed other. Or sorry, he Whitney definitely. Or Whitney definitely. Yeah, Whitney definitely showed it. Okay, he's deflecting by saying, "Oh, it was just Madison and my mom." It's like, well, no, it was it was multiple people. You dirtbag. I think the funniest part, not funniest, but the best part about this. It seems like every episode something new comes out and somebody else gets off the hook. Yeah, right. Like Taylor was destroyed last week. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little too hard, and that's okay. This week there's a new thing that popped up, and now nobody's going to talk about Taylor's nude. It's great. It's interesting. It's so nice because it's almost like every week we've got a different storyline that just keeps popping up, and obviously it's just different branches from the same reality that keep popping out. But oh, multiverse, still, multiverse, Loki. yeah. But there's things that yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. Yeah, <laughs> but there's still things that like we need to discuss. And before we're done, maybe before we get to the point where we're overdoing it on one topic, something else pops up. And then you have to go talk about that. It's great. It keeps things fresh. And I really enjoy it. And I think that is why I still, and you and I, you and I both have the uh, Southern Charm at the top of our rankings. It makes for a good watch. And obviously, there's a lot of fucked up shit going on. Yeah. I don't want to say that I'm enjoying the watch because I'm watching people dramatically go through things. However... As a viewer, I can say it is enjoyable. And if they can figure out a way to tie this all together at the end of the season successfully, and this is already one of the most successful Whitney gets executive producer of the year. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> he might. But if they can tie it together at the end with a big bow on top and do it the right way, this could be one of the best seasons of Southern Charm yet, and I, I stand by that. But the one thing I want to take away from this is at least Shep feels guilty, and at least he feels responsible for some of the shenanigans going on. And people commented earlier, why are you guys so easy on Taylor? We're not. And I think that gets lost in translation. We're focusing on what the show is putting in our face. Taylor's not at the forefront right now. She's getting shit for the nude. I don't think she should. Taylor does need to answer for what she did to Olivia. But like you just said, we keep getting new shit every week, so we're focusing on what's present. And if the nude is present, I don't think she's a fault for Whitney showing the nude. Should she have sent the nude? No. Should she get shit for him showing the nude? No. And I do appreciate that in this instance, at least Shep, who is never responsible for anything, is able to say, this is partly on me because of what I put her through. So mm-hmm. I appreciate Shep for that. And... His self-awareness this season has been better than previous years, and maybe that's simply because he's single. I think it probably is, and I think that the people who are telling us that we're not hard enough on Taylor for these things, I think we went pretty hard about what she did to Olivia. The rest of these things don't fucking matter. No, they don't bug me that much. They really don't matter at all. And really, if you're going to comment something like that on our videos, you should be condemned to go to a four-year relationship with Shep and see how your mental psyche is at the end of that. <laughs> because that's the thing. Like, I feel like people are overlooking all of that. She was through a long relationship where he cheated on her the whole time, made her feel like shit, still told her that he wanted to be with her, and then told her, you know what? I really want to be close to you, but I'd rather be single right now, and that's better for me. It's got to ruin somebody like that. You have no idea what she's thinking. We can excuse little things like that. Yeah, sending a nude to Whitney's fucking dumb, but does she need to get ripped apart in a podcast? Probably not. No. Probably not. We wouldn't get anything out of that. We just move on and we focus on the actual things that matter. And you guys need to just bear with us. Yeah, bear with us. Although, it's again, it's probably not even the listeners that are doing that. It's just people who no, see our videos. Yeah, Which is fine. But 
We get to the dudes on the bus, and the dudes are headed up to Linville, I believe. Um, Shep has a beautiful family home up there, so the boys are going to take a little trip, which I love a good boys trip, especially on a show like this where you have clear separation of like the girls doing their thing and the boys doing their thing. So yeah. I like that we're getting the guys to go off to a mountain trip. And You want to go on a boys trip five hours in a van like that? No, hell no. No, no I thought that was an interesting choice. They could have gotten a bigger bus or just driven up there separately, but yeah. whatever. It's interesting to me, and this is where I start to get back to what I was saying with Olivia and Austin. Austin has an issue sitting that close with Rod on the bus and being on this trip with Rod this weekend. And again, this goes back to what you were saying. They didn't date for that long. He should not have an issue with Rod and Olivia. The only reason that he does, in my mind, is that he just has this inkling or this faraway thought where he's like, maybe there's a world in which we do get back together. No. Maybe there's a, I, why? I, th- because they're not friends. If you were going out with a girl and you broke up with her and then you had to be forced to be near the guy that she's now dating all like for hours on end, a five hour car ride, you'd be uncomfortable too. You made out with her best friend. So you so shouldn't, what? you clearly don't care that much. There's separate issues. That's not a separate issue. No, that part of it's not. The rod of it all is a completely separate issue. You don't have to be comfortable with the guy who's dating your ex. Not to the point where you can't sit on a bus with him. Well, why do you think that he can't sit on a bus with him? Because Because of the cameras where he's looking around and he looks uncomfortable? No, I don't think it has anything to do with the cameras. I think that if the cameras were not there, he would still have that same feeling. Because I think that he always wants, I don't think that he wants a relationship. I think he always wants the option to be there. Probably. That's what I'm saying. Okay. But I don't think that has anything to do with Rod. I think he's just uncomfortable being around a guy that his ex is dating. I think that she's not dating. We'll get to that. They are. Too. Well, yeah. Because who the fuck I have knows, an issue with what happens later. But I mean, but they're not, maybe they're not dating, but he's still, Rod took Austin out and said, hey, do you mind if I pursue her? Already uncomfortable. And now you got to be around the guy. You're forced to be around the guy because you're on the same show. I don't think they're friends. I, I do not think, think that they're friends either. at all. I don't think they were really friends. They were acquaintances before this. Now you're forced to be around the guy that your ex is dating, the girl that you still have feelings for, that you've admitted about a million fucking times on live TV. His feelings for everybody. Of course. So now he's going to, what do you want him to do though? He's not allowed to be uncomfortable you around Rod? to be uncomfortable, but not to the point where like, I can't be on a bus with this dude for five hours. It's like, you're on the same show together. I can't be on a bus with any guy for five hours. That sounds awful. <laughs> I don't want to be on a bus with anybody for yeah. five hours. That's not the point. You know what I'm trying to say. I will say that because you're a fan of these and I don't, I will never understand it. But Craig asks Austin, are you going to make us a pumpkin beer this year? And I'm I really a fan thought, of pumpkin beers. We talked about this last year at the same time of year. You no, said, I, like I might want to have myself like a little pumpkin beer. I, oh, I, can, no. I can hear it. Oh, I will pull this clip. No, I can't this, drink pumpkin beers. This what? They make me sick. Then you're a liar. No, I'm not. I never led, said pumpkin beers. This is what led to the clip of me saying. I said, maybe I want to bounce between an IPA and then oh, go no, over I'm to a like. Pull right, this do clip it. and repost. Do it. Don't threaten me. I will. I will happily do it just to shut you up. But Taylor calls Shep on the bus, and this is where I will throw some shade at Taylor, because I don't understand who her confidant is. You can't do the same shit with both Austin and Shep, and she is. She's playing both of those guys where she's leaning on both of them for, like, emotional support. They're both weird. Like, you need to have a neutral third party in which you're calling to just have a little chit-chat with about you going to your moms and dads in Asheville. You don't need I don't to- think she has friends. 
I don't either, but I think that this is a really shitty look when you're calling the guy that you made out with behind Olivia's back on one hand, and the other hand, you're calling Shep, who you're blaming for all of your behavior. Yeah, but this whole crew is so incestual. It's so weird. It's a good point. None of it really makes any sense, and it seems so normal to them. Shep had her on speakerphone while he was talking to her. I think that's JT yelled Happy Valentine's Day, and everybody knows what's going on there. Every eye in that van rolled. Craig had a comment, laughed about it. Everybody knows what JT's trying to do in that situation. Shep with her on speakerphone, they're just so comfortable with it. It's so strange, I think but I've gotten over it over that, like watching the last couple of years. I've said that before about the speaker thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a production thing. Because if you watch everybody on the phone, 90% of the time, they are on speaker to be Has to be, yeah. Sometimes they take it off speaker when it gets serious. But like even when Leva answered, when her, she was out to dinner with Vanita and found out about Olivia's brother passing away, the initial start of the conversation, they're on speaker. When shit got real, she took it off speaker. Right. No, that's a, that's a good point. I also think that there could be maybe a level of accountability in there where Shep is... No, actually, it's Shep. No, Shep doesn't have on. accountability. I was originally thinking he put her on speakerphone so that everybody knows, hey, I'm not having like a weird private conversation with Taylor. No. I'm having an open conversation with a friend. Yeah. But no, uh, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think it is production. But I do have to ask you, your take on panda bears. Our panda, let's get to the bottom of it. I love that Craig is using Pandas are real. It's just that one that might not have been real that looked like it could have been a guy in a suit. That picture at the zoo where his knees are like going Yeah, that one, that one, the little suspect. That was a guy in a suit. That was definitely a guy in a suit, but we're not going to get any answers out of China today. Pandas are fucking real, though. They're definitely real. That goes without saying. That's... I'm all for a good conspiracy theory. I don't believe any of them, but I love diving down those rabbit holes because they get so ridiculous and they're fun to just see where you end up. But pandas are real. I am looking forward to more tinfoil hat time with Craig. I think that that should be a segment of this show. And we literally, did you see the scenes from this season? Yeah. We literally get a tinfoil hat moment. Yep. So you guys, every yeah, we time want we more. talk about our tinfoil hats, you guys are going to get to see it live Thanks to Southern Charm. We'll make our own tinfoil hats and we'll, that episode? We'll, as a prop. Yeah, we'll do that for that. No, we could just like leave them nearby. Oh, should we put it in the in the case? Like tinfoil hat. Too hard to get to. We talk about it all the time. <laughs> but when the boys get to the house, the house is sick first and foremost. It's really funny to me that everyone else gets sent upstairs and JT gets sent downstairs to the bunk bedroom. Yep. And I feel like it's fitting. Like I feel like he's that friend in the group where it's like, ah, JT, you're down there. Like just go play with the tractor. <laughs> Or the John Deere thing in the basement. And like we'll call and you he a... tried to ride it. So yeah. like it is fitting. It fits. <laughs> but the guys split up. So we get a little juxtaposed scene. We get Rod and JT talking about Austin. And then we get Austin and Craig talking about Olivia. And this is where Bragate comes up. And the only reason I call it that is because the episode is named Bragate. I didn't just make that up. But Rod says he thinks something happened. And this whole situation is weird like his girlfriend his friend who's a girl who Mm -hmm. he was out with and this goes back to the ancestral thing in charleston yeah he's out with this girl she says that she went over to austin's and saw olivia like think about how convoluted this sentence is right now rod was with another girl they were out that girl then went to austin's house where olivia had been previously and olivia left her bra there Yes. Now, Rod is mad because he was out with somebody else that went over to Austin's that saw that Austin was with the girl that he likes. Let's not get it twisted, too. On the van, for whatever reason, I don't know why anyone ever asked this question. What's everybody's relationship status? Yeah, no, don't. Rod is actively dating. 
Do you think he was maybe out on a date? Yes. With that girl? Yes. He said it was just a friend, which it could have been. I Again, Southern Charm, convoluted as hell. My biggest holdup on this whole thing that I couldn't move past and I had to rewatch the scenes. Why are they talking about it at the exact same time? I don't like that. Uh, don't, don't force me to know. I know what you're doing, producers. Don't do that the, shit. The There's no that. fucking chance that two different factions at the exact same time, and we know it's the exact same time because they keep bouncing between the kitchen and going up, and they're doing the stupid hearts with the burgers that don't work out. <laughs> they are having this exact same conversation at this exact same time. Rod knows what happened through a girl. He tells JT, or Austin knows what happens because obviously Austin was there, and he's telling Craig. Two new people that didn't know the story are now finding out about the story from two separate people at the exact same time. Don't do that to me. Make it happen organically because it's going to happen. It's all guys up there. They're going to talk. Or let somebody get blindsided. Like I do. We haven't seen a good blindside. No, a good blindside would have been great. And they didn't allow us to have that. I just, I couldn't get past that. JT didn't allow us to have that later. JT is a fucking idiot. But Well, my thing, and I want you to, like, please, for me and my sanity... Can you explain to me why? Why what? Why the fuck is JT so invested? Why does he care so much about Rod and Olivia and Austin? What the fuck is the holdup? Because he has a vendetta against Austin. Because he's in love with Taylor. And that's where all of this stems from? That's a thousand percent where it all comes from. A thousand percent, yeah. But it drives me crazy because he's the one spearheading this thing. Like Rod's the one. He's been doing it since day one. I know he has. I've seen that. And I, that does make sense. So thank you for explaining to me yeah. that I asked you to. But Rod is having a genuine like, hey, man, I want to talk to you about this. Like, this is bugging me. Blah, blah. And JT's like, we need to confront him. We need to. Is he going to get away with this forever? It's yep. like Rod's calm. Why are you in here ramping shit up? You pissed off little man. Like, what's your problem? His problem is that he's in love with Taylor, and he had a vendetta against Austin Im- immediately at that bar, started talking about how she slept over at his house, wanted to bring him down that yeah, way. He got out of it. Shep found out and forgave him immediately, pissed JT off even more. Okay. Taylor and Austin still talking, still very friendly. She's still in his corner. Anytime that she needs something, he's there for her. JT is not that person. He was FaceTiming with her. And you could even tell, like, when she's talking to him, she doesn't seem that enthused about even talking to JT. She would call him to talk about a date with another guy. Absolutely. And he would support and then cry afterward. <laughs> and that's what he's going to do. And that's what I feel like his whole thing is. That's what his MO is this entire season. And that's why I'm getting so annoyed with it. But yeah, you're right. He did not allow this moment after the obvious staged moment. He didn't allow the new moment to happen organically. No. He jumped the gun. Immediately with the fucking sous chef versus the real chef type of weird. His innuendos in that moment were so so annoying. Before we get there, we get Austin talking to Craig about Olivia. And he he explains the situation. Like what happened. It's interesting to me that later we get some more details that he didn't say to Craig. And this leads me to believe that Austin's lying about something. Do I think that they had sex? No. Do I think there's a possibility that more happened? Yeah, I really do. But I don't, this is so weird. This is going to like make me do mental gymnastics for this entire season. I don't think it was nefarious whatever happened. Yeah. But I do think something happened. Okay. I think that's fair though. I think that again, it's, I even, I think subconsciously Austin has those same feelings I said earlier, but in these moments, I think it's two people trying to comfort each other and shit happened. You know what I mean? I don't think it's okay, but at the same time, like, 
like to your point, who are we to say during grief in this kind of shit? It's so hard to navigate these waters, but I do think that there's more to the story. Okay. I I don't think there's any more to the story. Um I did really like that Craig actually stood up for Austin, which I was interesting. Let's, well, get let's get to that that moment at dinner. You talking about dinner? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm talking just, about dinner. Let me get let me I'll lead us off and then yeah. Okay. That's a good point. We get to dinner, everyone's sitting down and there's a heartbreak joke that was forced because they talk about the burgers are shaped like hearts. And JT was like, oh, well, you guys have lots of experience breaking hearts to Austin and to Shep, which, yeah, haha. But I think, and I've wanted people to call them out in the past, but I think that because it's JT doing it, I'm like, this, it's not landing for me. Yeah. Because you, I don't know why you're involved. You're not the one to deliver this shit. And it's starting to annoy me. And it leads to the sriracha comment. And that's what kind of like, pushes everything that's when we start getting the oh i'm a great chef i love stirring the pot uh and the sriracha thing they're saying the town that sriracha is made in this is actually true the air is almost unbreathable because the spice gets in the air it leads to like watery eyes and burning nose and all that stuff and someone said it creates a toxic environment and he's like kind of like charleston in a different way ha ha anyway this leads to what you were saying so carry on about your jt yeah, I mean, JT jumping the gun is just completely unnecessary. Rod didn't even want to do the situation. My one, a whole, a minor holdup that I have, obviously Austin just talked to Craig about this. Right. So now Austin and Craig both know what's going on. JT and Rod obviously know what's going on. When Rod starts the story, mm -hmm. Austin must know immediately, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, but he never acknowledges unless he has to. Exactly. But his immediate response is a deflection. Oh, do you have a problem with the fact that she came over to my house? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what he's getting into. Why don't you just let him talk? I didn't like that. Now, I also do think that nothing happens. Just because I'm putting it like in Olivia's court, I don't think that Olivia is going to step over that right I now. Don't either, unless you're grief stricken and trauma bonded. Could be. Honestly, could be. And that's okay. Uh, right. that's, that's fully it's, okay. It's like, these I, weird waters. It, it's, it's such strange waters. But Craig jumps in immediately and stands up for Austin. And we haven't really seen that much in the last couple of years. And obviously, we, we've applauded Craig because Craig has become more mature. Him standing up for Austin says a lot for me. I feel like Craig really does believe Austin he when does, he says yeah. that nothing and happened. That, that actually does carry weight for me. Yeah. Him and there were it. more details in Austin's story than he usually gives for anything. So he gave, especially the Taylor situation, we didn't get shit out of the Taylor situation until he absolutely had to. Uh, see, that's an interesting take because the way that I took that was, oh, more details came out when he's telling Rod than he told to Craig. But you're saying, oh. I think when Austin more uses more details, he's telling the truth. I think when he uses less valid. details and he's being vague, he's not telling the truth. I think that's valid. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's just something that I can pick up from Austin for some reason. But Craig jumping in and defending him was huge. I thought that was crazy. And I think what it is, and I agree. He doesn't like JT. He does not like JT. He immediately shuts JT down, but he does it in a nice, mature way. And JT is just like chomping at the bit, just talking about letting Austin go. And he never has to take accountability for anything. And how many more things are you going to let him get away with? Shut up, JT. He's going to let him walk on water? No one's calling him Jesus Christ, No, man. everybody rips him apart all the time because he makes dumb decisions. He admits that he makes dumb decisions. He has been in hot water the entire goddamn season. A lot of it was your doing. Just be satisfied with that. You're not satisfied because you're in love with Taylor. 
And Austin hooked up with Taylor, and there's obviously something weird going on there. And people let him go for it. You wanted him to be dead in the ground so that you could show up with flowers at Taylor's door and say, I'm sorry that your friend Austin died. Yeah. I'm the one who killed him. Here you go. Here's the flowers. Now please marry me, and you and me can move into my mother's house together. That's what he wants, and he's not getting that. So it's pissing him off, and he's getting more and more fired up. Rod did not know that. I'm going to give that credit to Rod. Rod had no idea what the fuck's going on with JT and his vendetta. He presented him with evidence that Rod or that JT can now use against Austin once again, and we're going to continue to see this. I'm just tired of JT. I know we know what he's doing, and it's annoying. We know exactly what he's doing. Here's my dilemma. Okay. Rod is not dating Olivia. They've been out a couple of times mm -hmm. and they made out. Okay. He does not have the right to dictate what her and Austin are doing. No, he, he doesn't. No. And the fact that he can be upset about it, though, he can totally be upset. But to bring it to Austin's attention, in my opinion, is inappropriate. I think it's just you're going to be in the house with another guy for the next couple of days. But he feels maybe just do it Austin. now. He does. He's like, he definitely I came feels to you slighted. as a man and this and that. It's like, yeah, you did. Great. Good for you. That That's was why I say they're not move. friends. They're not friends. They don't owe each I other anything. I said they weren't friends. Like oh, yeah, I know. No, no, I'm not saying you didn't. Yeah. What she does with Austin's none of your business, man. Because you guys, are, like you just said, you are not dating. Mm -hmm. You are not dating. You're not boyfriend and girlfriend. You are not exclusive. So if she is over there hooking up with Austin. It may not be the best thing for her, and you're putting her needs first. And I do believe that Rod wants what's best for Olivia. And I agree. Her hooking up with Austin is not best for her, and she might be blinded by grief or the trauma bond thing. I agree with that. However, unfortunately, because you guys are not at that point yet, it's not really your place to take Austin outside and have this man-to-man -man where you're like pretty much telling him to back off. I didn't think that it... I Inappropriate's not the right word. Because I get where he's coming from. Right. But at the same time, I don't think it's his place to do that at this point in time with what his relationship is with Olivia. I agree with that. I don't think that it would have gotten to that point. Maybe eventually they would have had a conversation during the weekend. I think the two factors that come into play, one, you're going to have to spend a couple of days together and maybe it's best to just have this conversation now because otherwise you're just going to hate each other. Okay. And that kind of goes back to what you said about Austin being in the van. I think Rod felt the same way. Rod doesn't want to be in the van with Austin either. They both Agreed. do not like each other for the exact same reason. Good point. So that's the problem. And I don't think that the conversation would have had that kind of tone if JT didn't jumpstart it. No, I if agree. If this happened organically and maybe they just got drunk later in the night and Rod said, hey, man, can I talk to you about something? It just made me feel uncomfortable. He has every right to feel uncomfortable about that. Agreed. It is a weird situation. You don't really know what to do. They're trying to also navigate the uh, the trauma waters. And yeah. that's really tough. As we know, we just tried to do it. It's not an easy situation to be in. And again, you're forced to be together. So I don't really have an issue with the two of them talking. But I feel like they finally did at least get to the point where they're communicating the fact that they don't owe each other anything. And they both feel uncomfortable being around each other for that reason. And, and they okay. voice that. And if they're okay with that, because I, I do think that Rod is mature enough to understand that and he can move past it and be okay, I think if we're going to see a, a therapeutic Austin who understands what he said when he says, dude, I don't want to be with her because I know I'm going to end up hurting her again. That was a good moment. I think him. if he actually fucking believes that, then I believe him. That was a good moment for him. That was a really that good was moment a good for, him. for him. But he can still admit the fact that, yeah, I'm, I'm uncomfortable about this. You're uncomfortable about this. If the two of them can understand that, then maybe there's at least some sort of level ground that they can move forward with. If Rod forgives him, 
JT's going to lose his goddamn mind. I want that so bad for like Austin and Rod to somehow generate a real friendship. Oh, man, they're fly fishing the next day, just having a great time. Having a blast, and JT's by himself, and he's never fly fished before, so he keeps getting snagged on shit. He's getting mad, and then he calls his mom, and he's like, no, my friends aren't talking to me anymore, and he's hanging out with Austin and Taylor, and Taylor loves Austin, and I love Taylor, and I just, I would love to see that. That would be incredible. But I, look, all in all, I don't think we've experienced a season of Bravo in which there's like all this drama going on, but it's so hard. There's not clear sides. Right. There's a lot of murky waters in which we're trying to, like you said, we're trying to navigate the trauma waters, which might be belittling the situation, but I like the turn of phrase. So I'm excited for this season. And I feel weird saying that because of what's going on. on the I show. know that's what I said. I, you know, I don't want to say I'm enjoying it, but I'm enjoying it. But everybody is because it's yeah. getting really high ratings. So like, it's a solid season. I, you know what it is? Honestly, this feels the most, I know those, those moments were overproduced. This feels the most real. I feel like yeah, the situations, the things that happen are real. The events that happen are real. Yes. They're producing a little too heavily for me, but I, I can get past that. I'm not going to hold I can up on too. it. And I think that that's what this season is delivering really well. It's yeah. like, this is some real shit. And you can feel the tension between people. You can feel the awkward moments. You can feel the heartbreak. You can feel all the things happening. I think that makes for really, really good TV. And give me more Rodrigo. Yeah, he's a fucking delight. I'm glad that he's on that trip. Me too. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. But that takes us to my favorite. And God damn it, I'm so glad it's back. We are with Rop. A.K.A. Potomac, A.K.A. the ladies of the Mid-Atlantic, A.K.A. That's all I got. Yep. Let me tell you, I am thrilled to see the ladies of Potomac back on my TV screen. And I thought this was a good first episode. It's a lot to look forward to this season. I'm glad they're diving into it immediately. And I think it's easy to lay up, you know, to go after the Juan Dixon thing because we got so much shit about it in the offseason there was legal cases, there was cheating scandals, pictures, rumors, like... Paywalls. Paywalls on yeah. podcasts, Patreons, name it. There, We got it. So I'm excited to get into this season. What did you think of episode one? Kind of boring. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe it's just because I love <laughs> I didn't want to take so the wind out of your sails. No, you I just thought... take the wind out of my sail if you tried, pal. You don't know what I can do. Hey, you, you don't know what I... I... Keep going, yep. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I mean, I obviously, we already talked about what the focal point, at least for the beginning of the season, is going to be. We fully expected it. I think it's just kind of gearing up for it, which is fine. You know, I have no issues with that. I just didn't think a whole lot happened because it's really just what you said. A lot of this happened in the offseason. We're just going through it now and getting to get the reactions from the other women on the show kind of all together in a format that we're used to in Housewives. I think here's why I had a different take than you. 
watching Robin sidestep everything on Watch What Happens Live, watch her or listen to her on the podcast sidestep it and not fully address this stuff, blame it on the fact that Karen didn't bring it up during the season, to see her put to the fire immediately, like, no, we're going to get into this on TV whether you like it or not. And I she sidestepped. She did, but they're clearly going to keep pressing this issue. And I'm just glad that this took center stage on a matter that she was trying to sweep under the rug. And episode one, within the first two minutes, we get a full intro of, no, we're going to talk about all of it. Yeah. And I think she actually did herself a disservice by not just bringing it up last year, because now it's almost like, not even almost, I guarantee Andy took this personally because he was pissed off because he wasn't happy when he found out that this was all going on and it wasn't brought up last year. So I guarantee he made it a point to be like, this is going to take center stage right out of the gate because you tried to be shady about it. Yeah, but will you be okay with the fact that she's going to sidestep and probably not answer anything? Are you going to be okay with just watching her be uncomfortable for week on it, like every week? Like I said in the intro, I think that we're going to get answers on this one, okay. whether it comes from her or not. I do believe that. Okay. So that could be wishful thinking. I could be, you know, I'm the serial optimist of the group. I'm like you, Mr. Negative Nancy. Well, it's just that she sidestepped it the entire offseason, and then the first episode, she sidestepped it even more and made excuses. She did, but so I don't think that's end. too. Yeah, but that's all like the behavior that she's exhibited for the last six months. Why would I not believe that that's going to continue? Well, because if this stuff keeps beating you over the head, eventually something's got to give, in my opinion. And maybe, maybe it won't. Maybe it won't. And again, optimist over here. But it, it has me looking forward to this season. So let's jump right in. We start out with that whole intro scene of everything that's happened, right? Mm-hmm. We got that girl in Canada that he allegedly bought her a hotel room but didn't go to the hotel room. We get the picture of him with his assistant coach or whatever, Bree. In the nail salon, the picture or the video of them in the laundromat, just a lot of evidence against him. And we get the clip from Reasonably Shady, where they're talking about it on the podcast behind the paywall. I guess Bravo paid the fees so they could get that clip. Yeah. Thanks, Bravo, for doing the work for us. But you get all of this damning evidence just to lead us off. So we all know we're on the same page going into the season. And it starts out with Robin at home in one of the most frustrating. Rant-inducing scenes I think I've ever seen in my life because Juan comes home and she's talking about how life's just tough right now and there's so much going on in the background. This man has the nerve to say it's all good. It's part of life. No, this is because of you, man. You did all of this shit. You're the reason that shit's kind of weird right now. It's not life. This isn't like a life moment. You're like, oh, shit gets tough sometimes. It sure does when you're fucking girls in hotel rooms and putting it on your credit card. It sure does when you're going to nail salons with your assistant coach and being seen in public while there's also rumors of you cheating on your wife with another woman in a hotel. Like, what the fuck? I don't think he's cheating. I think they have an arrangement. Oh, you I'm getting I'm getting ahead of it right now. I I don't want to like I don't want to lead people down the wrong path. Yeah, I think that they have an arrangement full on. She said the one thing that stood out to me in that clip beforehand when we're just kind of getting into the season. Juan had an affair because he was bored. Yeah. (laughs) Who the fuck says that? And I could see Robin saying that. And I think that the way that she says it is she understands this is what Juan's going to do. And I'm okay with that. I want to get on with my life and I want to make sure that our marriage is okay and I get to just kind of move on with everything. 
she never really showed any regret for anything that happened except for the fact that she's regretting that people are asking her a ton of questions about it. See, I think she's pissed off that it's now in the spotlight and he wasn't more discreet about it. I think they have a full-on arrangement. Here's my take. And I don't disagree with you that mm -hmm. that might be the setup. Regardless of whether or not that is the setup, I don't think she likes it. I think that she... Oh, I don't think she likes it I either. I think this is affecting her way more than she's letting on, mm -hmm. whether it's an agreement or not. And I think that the brashness of Juan is what pisses me off the most. And in this conversation where you're talking about potentially stepping out on your wife with one of the coaches on your staff, you have the nerve to say that she's a beautiful woman. Are you? F I almost dropped my, not even like a notebook throw. I just almost dropped it because I was like, why? Why on earth would you say that? It's Juan Dixon is still living the life of an NBA superstar. He's and a he fired was, college basketball coach. And he was never an NBA superstar. He was a pretty good college player that got drafted to the NBA and sucked in the NBA. He thinks he's a lot better than he is, and he's still living the life of that, and he expects things to happen. Unfortunately, it seems like Robin does too. And I think that that's kind of where their arrangement is. I fully agree with you. I think that she does not like it, but I think that she's more pissed off in the current interim because he got caught, and now she has to answer questions, that she doesn't want to answer questions about something that she's uncomfortable about that kind of pisses her off. I agree with you in a lot of ways. I don't know if it's a full-blown arrangement or not. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. But the funniest shit, we know why he got fired. We know exactly yeah. why he got fired, because you turned your back on a poor kid who got catfished by one of your fucking coaches, sent videos of him having sex, got blackmailed, into those videos with threats of those videos going public and you did nothing about it because you're a scumbag mm -hmm. this guy say what you want arrangement no arrangement Juan Dixon's a fucking dirtbag dude if you're gonna be this open in public about your quote-unquote arrangement if you're gonna go out and claim that you got a hotel room for a woman but didn't go to the hotel room yep. which is ridiculous and yeah. then be seen out in public with your coach after that's already in public about the girl from Canada. And then when we all know what happened, this poor kid's life is ruined because of you and your staff. And you have the fucking balls to say that you lost your job because you didn't win enough basketball games. So not only are you a shitty coach because you can't fucking win, you're also a shitty coach because you can't protect your fucking players. You lose on all fronts. You're a bad husband. You're a bad coach, a bad mentor, and a bad dude like he's but he's a, but he's a really nice dude. guy right maybe he's just Ugh. too nice of a guy that was my favorite line of the entire thing i know he's I'm the just whole too situation nice. about the hotel room nice. the hotel room is fucking hilarious it's the funniest i saw some ever. girl and she was in town to meet a baltimore raven but she didn't have any money because she left her wallet at the casino funny left her wallet at the casino so she couldn't pay for the hotel room and i'm just too nice of a guy so i offered to get her hotel room for her Sure you did, buddy. Who, how do you hear that story and go, yeah, I believe it. That's the best you could come up with. How dumb are you? And then Robin says, the story's so bad that it has to be true. It's like, no, he's just not even trying anymore because he doesn't have to. Because yeah. you're just like, yeah, it's probably true. I agree with that. Yeah, you're a big dumb idiot. That makes sense like, to me. What are okay. we talking about here? It sounded, honestly, it sounded like a parody. Like I was watching a sketch comedy show in which a guy gets caught cheating and then he tries to explain it away. Yeah, it did seem like it. But we move on from there, and we get Wendy and Karen and Candace, and they're at dinner, and they're talking about the fallout from the reunion. It was an explosive reunion. There's a lot of things said that can't be taken back. There's a lot of things said that may or may not have been true, even. 
there's just a lot of shit being thrown around. So seeing where this group stands today is going to be interesting. Karen's cool with pretty much everybody. Except for me. Except for you? Mia. Oh, Mia. Yeah, me. <laughs> Mia, Mario. What'd you do to Karen? No, except for Robin is the one that she is, she still has an issue with Robin because she feels that there needs to be ownership taken. That Robin has sidestepped all the things, as we've seen, as we've already talked about, and she can't be cool with her until she's honest to the group. Here's the funny thing, and I'm glad the production did this. They asked Wendy, have you been 100% upfront and honest about everything? She's like, uh, yeah. No, probably not. Probably not. And it goes to Karen, or she asks her, what about Karen? She goes, oh, next question. Look, we know that everybody hides stuff, right? The difference with the Robin thing is, and why Karen can't come to terms with her until she like admits it or whatever, I don't know why. But the thing with Robin is it was out there. So I guess that's why it's a little bit more scathing. It's because it was already public knowledge and you didn't bring it, or it was going to be public knowledge, you didn't right. bring it up. I'm not sure. Could be that. It could also be because Robin brought up the Mr. Blue Eyes thing last year when she was being That's right. cornered That's right. about Juan. I mean, Robin did a lot of things while she was being cornered about the whole Juan situation last year. So I feel like Karen, we credited her last year because it seems like she's she's pretty real. If you do something wrong to her, she's mad about it. But if you apologize, she's okay with it. This, she seems like she needs a little bit more. She needs some sort of accountability. She needs some sort of... I guess, credit for whatever the hell's going on. And I think it's really, it's all Robin's doing. Robin threw Karen under the bus. The whole, I was waiting for Karen to say something is fucking insane. I don't think that Karen's mad about that. She's probably really confused about that because we're all confused about it. It doesn't make any sense to me. But she did point out the whole Mr. Blue Eyes thing, which you do know, you start talking about that, uh, then she's going to shut you down immediately. Yeah, well, but we get a check-in with Ashley in her new house and... The Seaside Escape. The Seaside Escape. If, if, this, if your house had a name. But I don't understand houses with names unless they're like vacation homes on an island somewhere. Okay. Even that, I don't really get it. What would you name your house? My house? Yeah. Oh, man. Because this um, is like, her, that's her actual residence. It's not like a vacation home. I would name my house the Thunderdome. Okay. I'm not going to ask you to elaborate on that one. I don't want to know why. <laughs> <laughs> not for why you think. <laughs> No, I just think it's a fun name. I don't know. It is a fun name. I, no, it's, it's just hard. that's a hard question to ask. Houses with names, it just bothers me. That's another thing. What would you name your apartment? I don't fucking no. I don't. I, I. You know what? I wouldn't because I don't like it. Uh, the Magooder's Mountain. You're really bad at naming places. I, I'm not good <laughs> at okay. naming. I'm usually good it's okay. at these things. But that's the thing. You're not good at it because it's stupid and it never needs to be done. I do think it's funny every time you walk into like a rental down the shore, it always has like Seafair Way In or yep. like, and it's just a house. Yeah. Or Lucky Penny. I've stayed I at a Lucky I understand Penny. like the Airbnb thing because you probably have to give it like a nickname or something when you're logging it into their system. But. Again, those are vacation homes. This is your place of residence. Don't fucking name your house. Look, she's excited that she has a house. She's a single mom. She's living with the Yeah, boys. but I don't like Ashley. Ashley's annoying as shit. Here's so. my thing. What? This scene was the most real I think I've seen her, and we get more of it later, and only because of this. I appreciated very much that she said flat out for the first time, yeah, Michael's name is still on the mortgage because I like that sense of security that if something goes wrong, he's still 
on the mortgage. I, I think she also, learned from last year. I think she did too, but that's good. I'd like to see when they Finally, learn somebody learned. Oh, I feel exactly. like on this show, nobody learns anything. They, tend they just to. continue to do the same shit, and you get ripped apart by the other women in the group the entire time. How about you just learn to say things, and then they won't rip you apart? I think that's what Ashley's doing, because yep. she also says, yeah, I'm dragging my feet in this divorce because I'm worried about finances. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that makes I'm, sense. I haven't forgiven her for what she did to Chris last year. So you can be as nice as you want to her. <laughs> I have, I'm not forgiving her. I'm not, I am not forgiving her on that front at all. I'm simply commenting from an objective standpoint that hearing her say mm-hmm. why she's still having Michael on the mortgage, why she's dragging her feet was refreshing. I have not forgiven her whatsoever. Don't okay. gaslight me right now. I'm not in the mood to be gaslit, and I will not stand for it. It's okay. I won't. Moving on, we get to see, but in this scene, we get a FaceTime with Giselle, and she wants to get some of the ladies together to offer Robin a different perspective on what's going on with Juan. And the group that she's getting together makes a whole lot of sense, and we'll talk about it later. But I appreciate seeing, and this is important with Giselle, because Giselle pisses me off more times than she does not. These moments are important, because she's looking out for a friend. I do not like the Green Eyed Bandits. It's no secret. But the fact that she's being a genuine friend here and saying, look, we need to figure this out. We need to try a different route and try to get to the bottom of this for Robin's sake. I, I like this Giselle. That I, and family scenes with Giselle. She's okay. great on those. Yeah. yeah, but other than that, like she's just mean to people. But she just wants Robin to see what other people are seeing. And so much of this to me is optics. And I feel like that's where I get frustrated. It's like, Robin. And you might be in the throes of it. You might not see it. It might be an arrangement. There might be 15 different reasons. But like, this looks, this makes you look bad. And that sucks because you're not the one doing this. Juan's the one doing it, but it reflects poorly on you. And that's not fair to you, Robin. And I'm glad that Giselle is trying to help her out without a shady reason behind it. Finally. Yeah, I, I, it does make sense. I just keep going back to the fact that I don't think... Until Robin tells the truth, and if she's not even going to tell the truth to Giselle, then who the fuck is she going to tell the truth to? I go back to the first scene. She's putting together a fucking photo book of their wedding while talking to Juan about his transgressions. But could that weird? Could that also be her way of being like Coping? trying to show him something? Like, hey, I'm could sitting be. here with our wedding pictures, and all of this shit's going on, and she we're just talking seems about like it now. so even keeled when she's talking to him about it. But could that be a defense mechanism she's built up to avoid getting hurt because her husband's no. a dirtbag? Maybe it's just she seems more agitated when people are asking her questions that aren't Juan. When she's with Juan and they're talking about it, she seems at ease, and it's fucking weird. See, I, and I don't get it. I don't get that vibe. Mm. I, I I feel like she is trying to give off that vibe. I feel like that's how she wants to come off. That's why I said earlier. Then why wouldn't she do that with her friends? Because she's defensive. Okay. That's why. Because she doesn't like them challenging her because she doesn't want to break and open up that she's not cool. She wants to come off. I think at this point, she doesn't want to be embarrassed. Do you think that she will eventually break and do that? I do. That's the thing. You don't. I do. And I think that this first episode. feel bad. You're going to hold on hope. And I'm going to have to. I will always and forever hold on to hope. Feel bad for you all season. We'll get there in a sec. But let's talk about the thirstiest new housewife on the scene. Jason. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This man needs to be on tv he just has to be on he TV. has to be on tv i think he sought giselle out for this opportunity to be on tv 
she first seems, episode that he says, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. Like it's or it's been a few weeks, which is probably weeks. like three weeks. So you show up when they start filming. Oh, weird timing. Like it just worked out that way, yeah. my man. Like and he's making her a sushi. Dinner. Look, I mean, I hope maybe they've grown to be happy, but we did point it out as soon as they started dating. He just needs to be on TV. That's all he wants. He wants to be on TV. Here's the thing. Here's the flip side of it. If Giselle wants to have some fun with a dude that's 16 years younger, he's a very attractive man, and she's just trying to have a little fun, I'm here for it. Yeah. Do your thing. No issues whatsoever. Not No, this is there. more than just a little fun, though. I the know, because the involved. kids are involved. Ugh. I agree. But her disposition about the thing, and she's also not one to show her hand, so there's no telling how she actually feels about Jason. She's playing it up like, yeah, it's, I'm having some fun in the West Wing. It's seeing some things I haven't seen in a while. Like, look, of course I'm not wishing negative things on this relationship. No, no, not at all. It's real and pans out. Great. Like, who, who would have seen that coming? Not me. But to me, all I'm getting is a very thirsty Jason and a very accepting Giselle that's excited to be with Jason. And I think that, <laughs> I don't know. I just want to see Jason around with, like he the needs entire to be crew. Group. Oh man, he needs to be around the ground. Dom. He can't handle that. No, he needs to be around the ground. Dom. I, I got to see what Karen says to him. Karen's gonna tear him a new asshole. Yeah, like he cannot stand his ground amongst this. Group. I don't think. I really don't think he's gonna be in a group setting. I think we're gonna get a couple of those scenes, which we always get when with Potomac with Giselle specifically. The family scenes. It's nice to see her being a good mom. Nice to see her enjoying her family. Throw Jason in there. We'll enjoy that, but he's not going to do anything more. You know what I did need to see? What's that? Her feed him in front of the child. I didn't need to see any of that. Yeah. I didn't need to see that. I didn't yeah. care for that. And he goes, look away. He, he, he. I'm like, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> but hey, if Giselle's happy, whatever. We get our check-in with Mia and G-Daddy, a.k.a. Gordon, and they're in their much more humble apartment in Bethesda because their $10,000 a month rental that they were also renovating just wasn't feasible anymore. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thought that a $10,000 rental that you sunk sixty grand into to renovate, which I, I will never get over that. I brought it up last year 15 times. I might bring it up 15 more times this year. That does not make sense at all and so you lost 60k on top of whatever else you lost so now you're living in this apartment the apartment looks nice but they're talking about the fallout from gordon losing his ceo position of their chiropractor firm i thought mia was the ceo no she was here's yeah right that's what she told us mm -hmm. and then she's now in her confessional here she's the director of marketing uh-huh where did that come from she made it up. She made all of it up. All of the things that even she says sure that are made up. the CEO. And he got voted out. And we don't know why. I'm not going to speculate. <laughs> I've got thoughts. I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to yeah. get in trouble. Because they will send me a lawsuit. That's the thing. They would. Mia will send me a yeah, lawsuit. We so will I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Yeah, we're, we're not going to speculate on this one to avoid the courtroom. But we find out that Mia is sober. And then we quickly find out that she's not actually sober. She's just... Giving up hard liquor. Good for you. That's great. <laughs> what a weird way to Don't guise it that you're sober. No, it's, it's extremely, extremely belittling to actual sober people and giving up hard liquor, but still drinking beer and wine. Thank God for Gordon pointing it out of all people, being like, that's the same thing. Yeah. Because it is the same fucking thing. You gave up hard liquor because you didn't like what cocktails did to you that one night, but you're still, the, in the day that you tried to tell us, the audience, that you told Gordon I'm not drinking, you then ordered a glass of wine. Yeah. So get the fuck out of here with that. That pissed me off. I didn't like that at all. 
But we get to see Chris and Candace, and they seem great. And a uh, picnic, a little picnic in the nice. park, and even after a season in which he got dragged and whatever, and he could have checked out from this group entirely. I know Robin was on their team with this stuff, but Candace says something very intriguing. Was Robin on our team because she wanted to, I wrote it down. Candace says, were you only supporting Chris and I so no one would bring up your scandal? And then my brain started turning. I'm like, Robin is smart enough to do that. Yes. So that easily could have been a move. And now I'm leaning towards that was the move. It was like, oh, I'm just going to jump on this train and now we won't talk about my train, but I'm not going to drag Chris because Juan's doing much worse shit than what Chris has allegedly done, did not do, but allegedly done. That is kind of the vibe that I was getting. And that's, it seems like Chris and Candace understand that pretty well too. Yeah. I thought watching this scene, they seem so at ease. They and did. Just like enjoying the fact like, hey, we're, you know, we're still filming. It's okay. And, and we've talked to Chris before and Chris knows that we know that, you know, filming is uncomfortable and sometimes you don't really want to do it, but it's okay. He seemed happy. And I think that they're happy because they get to, you know, exact a little bit of revenge this year. And I'm so looking forward to that. And I don't think that they're going to do it. Obviously, you know, Candace might go a little over the top with some of the revenge that she wants to seek back. It's just going to be some things that she says. Are exactly. Going to be some it's it's going to be all heard. verbal. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be all verbal for Candace. It's going to be a couple where you go, ooh. Yeah, and that's fine because it's, she has the best insults in the Bravo game. She does. And she that's really does. the best thing that you can hope for in this situation. I think that this is a nice, easy way for them to just get into the season. And I do think that Candace is going to go scorched earth. And I, should, I think she has every right to go. She absolutely does. But here's why Chris is great and why they're great together is because Chris is the one that's like, look, you and Robin are tight. You guys need to figure this out. I think you should sit down and have a discussion one-on-one. -on -one. Yep. There's no need for that. He doesn't need to say that. But this, they seem to be, which I never thought I would say, that Candace is like the level-headed one of the group. Chris keeps her grounded and everything. They work well together. So I'm excited to see them enact some revenge. Yeah. And if they do it the right way, they might win this season. They definitely could. But this is where we get to the climax of the episode. And this is what we got teased with earlier with Giselle saying she's getting some of the group together. The women of this group for uh, what I'm calling an intervention or a law intervention or a Dick's intervention. I'm not sure which I one. I don't like that last one. Dick's intervention? That sounds like something different. Yeah. Dixon where? Dick's intervention. Yeah, no. No. Who's intervention? So Dick's got so many dicks in them. <laughs> <laughs> so a want intervention. Yeah, that's better. All right. So it's a want intervention. And the crew that has been rallied together is Sharice, Giselle, and Ashley. All three of which have experience with similar happenings you know we got Sharice who was cheated on she's the closest to it because she was cheated on by a basketball player yep. so she can speak directly to it we've watched Ashley and her struggles with Michael for years and years and years and Giselle with Jamal we know what happened there as well so these are three people that can speak to this whole thing with a lot of knowledge on the topic and experience on the topic and it is set up legitimately like an intervention she's going to sit here you guys sit here and when Robin gets there, it's immediately approached as an intervention. Like, yep. hey, you're the star of the show. And she's like, whoa, why? Which is also like, you know why. You know exactly what's going on. Just sit down. <laughs> but she sits down and they start to talk to her about it. And what struck me right out of the gate is they bring up the picture of Juan with the girl at the nail salon. And Robin's first response is, I don't care. And they're like, why do you not care? Why don't you care? 
and I think that I think Cherie said it, but she says you're numb to it. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you're just numb to all this stuff. And that's really sad to see. If Let's go through this whole scene as though it's not an arrangement. Just okay. to avoid, because we'll go in that pitfall and then we'll start talking for 10 minutes about something else. So let's go to the guys that there is no arrangement here. This is just, we got evidence of a potential cheater and Robin deflecting from it. All right. So Ashley starts out and she says, I messaged you the first night the thing came out and... I was on the page of, yeah, this is ridiculous, it's bullshit, whatever. Then more evidence starts coming out. And then more evidence starts coming out. And then more evidence starts coming out. And I think it's interesting that Robin can sit there and deflect this entire time and not understand where these women are coming from and feel ambushed when these three are experts on the topic. I can't go through this whole thing without it being an arrangement. Okay. Then you go it's just from... it's impossible for me to do it because I don't believe the other side of it. I truly don't. And I'm trying to put myself in the mind frame of, okay, she's being cheated on and she's numb to it. It's really sad if that is the case. I just don't believe that that's the case. So I don't even want to just start like spewing out things that I don't believe. We we talk about what we believe on this podcast. That's what we do. That's fair. I don't need to put you in a position where you're not believing in yourself. Exactly. No, I think that you were just trying to get me to strengthen your argument. No, 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 no. I was trying. No, no, I wasn't at all. I'm kidding. I'm, 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 I know what you're. I get it. I understand. But no, I, I do think that it really is her sitting there. I think her. I'll talk on this. Her inability to understand where they're coming from and feel anything from that, even in the sense of her being in an arranged cheating relationship, whatever you want to call it, is sad. Yeah. Her not being able to sit there and say, "Look, I know where you're coming from. I understand that. I know you guys are here to help me." try to help me but she's not giving them the truth and that's the whole thing she's not telling them anything so she's not open to like receiving this information not at, at all, all. Like, smirking at there, things yeah she's smirking at things she's like again that's why when i'm watching this all i can think about is this is a full-on arrangement and look it might be true that she feels some type of way about the arrangement but it was still an arrangement at one point in time in my mind and that's at least where i think she's coming from and she's not taking any of this advice she's not giving them even the time of day which is so fucking disrespectful and i do understand it's a tv show so obviously it's a bit of an ambush people do this i assume at interventions i've never been to one but i imagine that when you sit down and you're the subject of the intervention you're probably not going and want to hear what they have to say for the most part she wasn't receptive to any of it she just didn't care she just wanted to deflect until and this is where because i am under the impression like 50 percent of me is saying it's an arrangement i'm not out on that at all i'm just trying to see it from a different vantage point a different perspective so we're offering our audience multiple viewpoints because we're that caring we are that caring you're welcome guys but i'm looking at it from the viewpoint of it not being an arrangement and where i see evidence to that is when sharice starts talking sharice broke my heart this was a really sad scene to watch her break down and be like what i'm seeing looks very familiar Mm -hmm. and i gave this man a thousand passes i turned the other cheek i looked the other way only for him to leave me at the end of this Mm -hmm. and me questioning what i did wrong when she was the one trying her best to move past all this shit and i think that sharice struck a chord I think that Robin felt that one more so than the other ones because that was the only time she had a full-blown response where she's saying, are you saying I'm in denial? And Sharice, what I liked about all three of the women in this scene, none of them came at it aggressively. No, they didn't. saying like, look, here's my experience. Ashley, for the first time ever, speaks on her experiences defending Michael, which we've never heard that vantage point from her where she's like, yeah, I had to defend all of his shit. 
and I would defend it and I would look the other way. We never heard her actually acknowledge the fact that she didn't believe some of the shit Michael was spewing. We finally got that from her. With Sharice, she says, I'm recognizing things in you and things in this situation where I remember those and it's breaking my heart for you. My heart bleeds for you because you don't see it and you're, you're so caught up in it. And by Robin questioning back, are you saying I'm in denial and not getting amped up about it? Just simply saying, do you think I'm in denial? And Sharice saying, no, not for the nail salon and the laundromat. All right, fine. If you want to believe that that's his assistant coach or whatever, and he told you that they were going, whatever. The Canada girl, that story, there's no possible way you can sit there and say, oh, that seems on the up and up. That seems legit. Like, I'll, I'll buy that because it's so crazy. And that's where Robin's like, that's the point. This story's so crazy that nobody could ever believe that, that it has to be true. It's like, no, he just doesn't even try anymore because he knows he can get over on you. And I think it's really sad to watch this shit. And to Giselle's point, her issue obviously is with the potential cheating and trying to get Robin to see it. But this is what I referenced earlier, the optics of it, regardless. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say, let's say in some world, in some fantasy land, he's not cheating on her. The fact that he is going out with another woman in public and taking videos and pictures and going to the nail salon with another woman, the optics of it suck. And Robin's like, well, if she was, you know, fat and whatever, would you still have an issue? And Giselle's like, yeah, I would. And Sharice, again, great drop. And she's like, all the girls that my man was with, they weren't lookers. I thought no way he'd be up in there, but he was. So it doesn't matter. Yes. The fact that he's out there and the fact that there's rumors about him and he's not respecting you enough to just not get in those situations. He's not respecting your marriage or you as a person to just not put you in that position. That alone, cheating aside, that alone is a major, major issue. And that's where I start to feel bad for Robin, whether it's arrangement or not. The disrespect level from Juan Dixon and then for him to brush it off like I'm just too nice of a guy. No. You're not a nice guy at all because you completely disregard your wife's feelings in this entire thing. You completely disregard her image, how people in your town are going to look at her, how people on TV are going to look. We're, this is a national TV show. This is international. You're putting your wife in a spot where she comes out looking like an asshole because you're an asshole. And that sucks. That really, really sucks. Yeah, I mean, it does. I think that what we got in this part of the intervention, if you want to call it that, was them showing, okay, we were in similar situations to what they believe she's in. Right. What we got from Robin was, I'm not in that situation. Right. And that's why it's tough because it's just falling on deaf ears. I think we need a completely different part of the intervention. We need them hounding her with questions. We might get that later. I think we might get that. Exactly. But that's why I feel like when we talked about it in the beginning of the show, in the segment, I said that it was kind of boring because we didn't get anywhere. We just got Robin denying, Robin denying, Robin denying. It's hard to watch after a while, and if she continues doing it, I don't want to watch that. I want her to finally open up, or I want them to get annoyed, like I'm going to get annoyed, and start pounding her with questions, because then she might crack. Maybe you'll be able to get some sort of truth out of her, but they're not doing that, and I understand how that works, because look, they did come together. They are, or rather, they have lived similar lives or similar parts of their life that are very similar to what Robin, they think Robin's going through right now. So they want to be able to relate to her. Mm-hmm. The problem is Robin doesn't want to relate back to them. She is not saying, oh, yes, that's exactly what I'm going through. Thank you for being here for me. 
no, she's still saying this is not at all what I'm doing. So this is completely fucking pointless for me. She might feel while Sharice is talking and telling her side of the story, she might say, I feel really bad for you, Sharice. I understand that. But that's not Robin's emotions about her own situation. She doesn't give a shit about her own situation. I'm tired of watching it. I don't care. She does. I think that she cares again about the optics. She does not want to be a, she does not want to be the one to answer all the questions. She doesn't want to be the one that everybody's writing tabloids about. She's pissed off that Juan got caught. That's the end of it. That's really yeah, all see, it is, I dude. I think that's it at all. If this was a, an actual cheating and, and Juan has cheated on her in the past. I know. She knows how it works. Because he was bored. And if he's doing the exact same thing again and it looks like he is, wouldn't she be pissed off about it and be able to say this is exactly what you were doing before? But that's where I'm... I get the like the traumatic like, oh, I'm shell-shocked and maybe I'm like in denial and not doing it. You've already been through it before. You're seeing the exact same thing happen once again. Either you know it's happening and you're just not fucking caring about it and this is all a waste of our time or there's a full-on arrangement and you don't care and you just don't there's feel like doing this. There's a third option there, though. There is not a third there's option. Absolutely a third that option. That she's now back into denial and she doesn't yes. really... I don't think so. I just truly do not think so I think that based off of the way she's talking. scenarios in which you go through so much with somebody that you get to a point where you're completely clouded in your judgment yeah. where you refuse yeah, to Yeah, I think that, that she's it. already done that, though. But I'm and he saying, already cheated on her. I do not think that she is comfortable coming to terms with the fact that she remarried a man that would put her through this again. So she will die on the cross of, no, this is not happening. What is making you say that she's uncomfortable with it, though? What emotion has she shown? She hasn't. And that's my point. When I'm watching these scenes, for me, I'm looking at body language. I'm looking for how they're responding to it. I'm looking for all of those things. I don't think that she's shut off. Because she doesn't care. I think she's shut off because she refuses to crack because she doesn't want to seem weak or embarrassed. I don't think she's shut off at all. I she's fucking laughing at them. Uh, she's see, smirking at the things that they're saying. Forced. I think all I don't of it's think forced. so at all. Well, then we're going to find out. But We, I, we are going to find out, but that's what I'm talking about. This was not... All this gave us was a glimpse into, okay, Robin's doing whatever the fuck she's doing, but she's not receptive to any of this. So they're going to have to take a different approach, which is, let's just yell and shout over dinner because that's what we're that's where we're gonna go well for sure we'll get there no matter what but this is gonna be an interesting season because we're pretty much watching two different shows then yeah more or less which yeah. is you know it'll offer i would also like it if you know the show took a different turn and this wasn't the entire fucking focus of the season which I, look it's it's early on we have no idea yeah i know i'm just scared that it might be the entire season and that might really bother me i think that it's going to offer a very unique season in which we're both like i said taking two very different vantage points here so It'll be interesting for the audience, and I'm curious to know where they stand. So we'll ask some questions. Let us know. Yeah, we'll ask some questions that are more pointed on uh, Instagram. So I'm curious. I'm curious what the overall sentiment of this one is, but I'm excited to watch it under under that viewpoint. It'll be interesting. This is Oh, new. yeah. This is something new. It's love. Ooh, what? What? How is it love? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're not feeling the love? Feel love. But that takes us to our questions. So let's jump right in. And I want to lead us off. And I already listened to it because I saw that he answered with a video. And he said we could play it. So I'm just going to play it. This comes from our longtime friend of the show slash my sworn enemy, Outdoor Los, who is going to be at our show. And I don't know. Have you listened to this one yet? Heard that before. Yeah, I know. I did too. We'll believe it when we see I told you when the van is... Oh, when the van is parked out front of the bourbon room and Shooter and I are allowed to get in the van, we will believe it. But until then, I'm only getting in that van if he has candy in the van. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching that one. So 
without further ado, Lowe's take it away. I was hanging out with someone from Tinder, and we started talking about housewives and podcasts I listen to, and I mentioned I listen to the Brat Bros, and turns out he listens to Brat Bros as well. And then I said, oh, we should go to the show in L.A. on the 19th. And he said, well, if you really want me to go, you'll buy me a ticket. And I'm like, why? Why can't you buy your own ticket? Why do I need to buy you a ticket? So is this a red flag? Should I just buy him the ticket? And he's probably going to listen to this, so but I don't care. So I hope you buy it. <laughs> I don't know if this... So, last stone pack here. Oh, stop talking, Lois. We heard you already. All right, so let's jump right in. <laughs> God damn it. It keeps playing Lois. Shut up, man. Turn your phone off. There we go. All right. So let's unpack this. Up first. Lois, buy that man a ticket. You think? Yeah, why not? Why, why is Lois buying a ticket? I'm going to do you one better, because this is what I was going to do, to just qualm this whole thing. Lois, we will put you on the list. You and him, you guys have free tickets. Oh, you can do that. Yeah, that's right? nice. To just, to just... Until Lois doesn't show up. Now, if you don't show up, we're done, pal. But that, if I was bringing a date somewhere, I would buy the ticket, yeah. You brought it you up. You started he, talking about the Brav Bros first, bro. So you, but do you think it's a red flag for him to just immediately say, you buy me the ticket? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't like yeah. that move. Yeah. And he listens, too, so he's listening to this as well. Yeah. I don't know what your name is, buddy, but, <laughs> but for you to just bring that up all willy-nilly like that, I don't know if I like that. And look, I might hate Los, but I'm also very defensive of Los. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you both there. Yeah, we will, we will put you on the list. I'll reach out to Los, and we'll get you guys on the list so that we don't have and to. And Los gets the flex a little bit because we just got him a ticket. Yeah, so, there, there you, you go. go. Look at us. We're just bringing people together. If this ends up going the distance, just remember how he got there, all right? You remember who did that for you. Maybe we'll go sit at Los's table after we're done. Wait, no. Here it is. If this goes the distance... And you guys end up getting married. We are invited to the wedding. Oh, yeah. That's in exchange for these tickets. I think that's fair. That's our stipulation. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. You're welcome, Los. Now stop being a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> up for, uh, sorry. And next from Karen A.D. Karina D. Karina D. Who's the guy in the glasses and dark hair? I can't figure it out. Watching every episode. I'm assuming you're watching our episodes. That shooter. Tudor wears glasses. glasses. Sometimes you wear sunglasses. Sunglasses, but never on the show. You never worn sunglasses on here? No. You want me to start? Well, who are they talking about? I feel like that oh, would be Southern really... Southern Charm. Are you talking about Rod... Rodrigo? Rodrigo? Probably. Oh, I thought you were talking about us. If yeah. it's on Southern Charm, it's probably Rodrigo. He wears, he wears glasses. Yeah, he wears glasses. Here. Rodrigo. Wow, we got to the bottom of that I feel like one. if I wore sunglasses on the show, you I would be you annoyingly would. distracted. I only be like, I can't tell where you're looking. I only get distracted when you look at your phone. And we had somebody comment, <laughs> by the way. I was going to save it for Rose and Thorn on Friday. Somebody commented and said, looking at your phone while your colleague is talking is very rude. And I firmly agree. It colleague? Drives me, it drives me fucking crazy. I don't say anything. Don't assume. It's, it's, it's always ever so briefly, but you, you put it at your side like you're like sneaking something in class. I have like notes I on there sometimes. You're like scribbling through it. And yeah, no, I agree. I have it's notes on there. Sometimes I look anyway, up facts. Moving on from Marcy Dwyer. <laughs> oh, this is a statement, but whatever. I always loved Austin, but he is taking advantage of Olivia while she is grieving, and it's disgusting. We discussed this. Ew. We discussed this. We discussed this. And I said that it runs the risk of that. I don't believe that's Austin's intention. No, not at all. I, I think it runs the risk. That's all. 
From Hoover Papetti, is JT just Ramona with brown hair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Let's leave it yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> From Tara Lacasse, if you could compare one Bravo cast member to the Eagles and one to the Cowboys, who and why? Uh, that's really tough. That's really tough. The Cowboy? Let's start with the Cowboy. The Dallas Cowboys of Bravo would be... Bethany at quarterback. Oh, no, you have to do the whole team. It's just one person. All right, then Bethany. The Cowboys is yeah. Bethany, for sure. That's well done. The Eagles is tougher. We need, who's gritty? We need somebody really gritty. A real people person. Mm. I'm blanking right now. Luann? No. No. I don't know. Sonia. Yeah, Sonia would Happy make Lake more sense. Sonia yeah. is the Eagles. I think that's where I was going with that. I like that. From Versace, are you shocked that her green-eyed bandit sidekick orchestrated the intervention in regards to Giselle intervening on Robin? I did think about what Giselle's motive could have been just because Giselle's behavior in the past has led me down that path. Mm-hmm. What I've come up with is Giselle is kind of annoyed that Robin didn't spill on their podcast to make their podcast really big. Instead, they did the paywall and there was nothing that came out of the paywall, apparently. I think that Giselle wants her moment in the sun with with Robin talking about her affair. This is going to be shocking to you. You think she's being a good friend? I think that there are selfish motives here, for sure. I think she knows it's going to be a good moment for on TV, without a doubt. Yeah. But I do think that there's genuine care there for her friend. Yes. I think there is between the two of them. Anyone else? No way. Yeah, agreed. Last question from Evan Clark. Who would you boot from the current Potomac cast? I almost said podcast. Mia. Oh, yeah. Mia. That's an easy one. Yeah. Mia's gone. See ya. Uh, yeah, Mia. Who else? Well, you know what? We have a new one this year. So let's just hold on to that. For now, it's Mia. For now, I agree. New well, wife who, coming who, the would else, who would be the other one? Sharice? Sharice? I don't think Sharice counts. That's who I was thinking. Like a friend of. She's, yeah, she's way more of a friend of. And by the way, this was the best Sharice I've seen was this first episode. I loved getting to see her vulnerable. and, and Yeah, so we'll like just that. stick with Mia. Yeah. Mia. Mia's the easy one. Other than that, you got anything else? I got nothing. Oh, man, you've had some stuff I know, recently. I've had some stuff recently. Some yeah, stuff. no, I got, I got nothing. I'll have some stuff on Thursday, Friday. Right, cool. Thursday, Thursday for us, Friday for yep. all of you. But remember to buy a ticket if you're out in L.A. or traveling to the West Coast. November 19th, the Bourbon Room. It's a Friendsgiving with Zach Peter, the Brav Bros, and many, many more. It's going to be a blast. We're super excited for it. As you could tell from today's episode, we're getting locked in, baby. Locked in. We're getting so locked in. I'm so locked in, I'm like a bike lock. Yeah. I got to work on my metaphors. Yep, you're, you got it. You got I'm it. I'm getting closer. Yeah. You got two weeks. But subscribe to our YouTube channel at Brav Bros Podcast. Follow us on all of our socials at Brav underscore bros. And just thank you guys for being awesome and listening to us. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. Brav Bros are out of here. Bye. Bye. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. 
And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.